G'day listeners and welcome to today's episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. Uh, today I'm joined by a lifelong Gold Coast fan, none other than Stevie Fizz. How are you, mate? Um, very well. I'm happy to be here. It seems like a long time coming. You've never actually been on the show before, have you? No. I think I've no. been on the Draft Doctors a couple of times, but yeah, I've never returned the favour. I apologise for that, mate. It's good to find that no. one here. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. All good. <laughs> we'll make it memorable. That's, uh, that's it. We've, uh, we've got 30 minutes dedicated to Sam Flanders. Let's not kid ourselves. So <laughs> it's going to be pretty bloody memorable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's th- there's definitely thirty minutes worth to talk about. That's the best part. <laughs> well, well, Gold Coast Suns. Sometimes it can be pushing it, but you know there is a bit of um, bit of few things going on there. They're not the most fantasy friendly team. They weren't last year anyway. Um, they used to be, but um, yeah, not sure if that's their game plan or just the team themselves. They don't have that many good players. I'm not sure, but um, seemed to be more direct play last year, less kind of passing around defense, all that sort of stuff. What's your take on the Gold Gold Coast Suns as a whole? Yeah, they want to play fast, yeah, and that that's been a thing for a couple of years. And I don't think they really had the 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 cattle hadn't developed, I yeah. should say, um, more so in twenty one than twenty two. Uh, and and they're sort of getting there. And even if you look at it this year, like that, they dropped the marks, and obviously they didn't play finals or anything, but they increased their their goals and inside fifties dramatically yeah. as a team. So that I think that's just how they want to play. Yeah, I think that might be the case too. So I don't know if we'll see too much of an increase from some of these players, but we'll talk about a few anyway and see what you think. So this year on the show, I've broken the show up into um, undervalued players, breakout contenders, and some stash options. So obviously the undervalued are players that are probably going to be drafted lower than their average might suggest. Um, The breakout contenders are guys that fit that mold about to break out in their careers and the stash options are guys that might not be uh, just ready to go, but uh, give them a couple of years and they'll be good as gold. So we'll get started with the undervalued. So the first player I want to talk about, Steve, is uh, Lockie Weller. So he switched to defense last year and it looked like he was just starting to get a bit of a feel for things when he got injured. So I think he did an ACL in the end. But um, yeah, like the game that he actually got injured, he was actually looking like he was going to put up a pretty reasonable score. And I felt like things were just starting to click after that switch to defense. So when he's back, do you think he's going to be a decent option in a Gold Coast kind of lineup that's a bit depleted in defence? What do you think? Yeah, I, I do think that. It's um, always tough to predict how guys are going to respond coming off an ACL. So that would be my only concern. But one of the real weak areas of the Suns is their ball use. Yeah. And he's actually one of their quality ball users. So I'd expect him to slot back into defence. And, and probably take those kick-ins like he was. Yeah, I, I don't think he's a bad option. And he's a player that I think is going to slide a bit due to that injury. You're 100% right with those ACLs, though. We often see players aren't quite right with that. So he might be um, a bit of a slow burn, but hopefully by the end of the season, he can get things going again and be a reasonable scorer for us. Is he, is he even due back at the start of the year? I'm not even sure. I think he'll be around the well, mark. Well, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of news about him super pushing hard for a yeah. return. But he, I can't see him, even if he does, I can't see him really making a, a big name for himself in the first month at, at best. Yeah. Might take Because it was a, a back half, back half injury. Yeah, that's right. That's what I was thinking. He might not be ready to go, but hopefully he is. But um, I think for that reason, he's probably going to slide and draft, so he might be undervalued there. Um, a favourite of mine, or became a favourite of mine last season, is Ben Ainsworth. 
So he was really solid up forward last year. I think earlier in his career, there's a few stints in the midfield. Um, I think those days are over, but he showed last year he can still be solid in the forward line. Um, I think there was a streak he went on where he didn't go under 70 for like six or seven weeks in a row, which was really handy for me as like my F4 in my side. So I was pretty happy with him. Would you recommend him in that range, going for that F3, F4 kind of range? Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a funny one. Probably F4 is a better better spot. And we kind of see this every year where these guys who are only playing as a forward, and he's a lead out, you know, the link between the midfield and the forward sort of player. Yeah. The, these guys just get passed by the, oh, the happens, guys yeah. who, uh, you know, benefit from an injury or whatever, which are, which are hard to predict, right? Yeah. Like they're really hard to predict. The other problem I have with Ainsworth is it feels like he's kind of maxed out. Yeah, like, I'd, I'd agree with that. Ha, yeah, I, I just can't see him getting much better. What do you think um, he's like constant, like consistent averages though? I, I really think mid-70s is pretty good. Yeah, but, like, but defenders that year, I'm taking that. Yeah, oh, sorry, and, for that, forwards, and that's sorry. fine. For forwards and, this year, I'm yeah, taking that. Yeah, in a keeper league, you probably want to take that. That's that's fine. In a redraft league, I'm, if you end up with him because he slides- that's okay, yeah. but it's not someone I'm chasing. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. Yeah, so he's for me, he's like on the cusp of keeping just because like, you know, your forwards are kind of a bit depleted after this year because of all the position change and all that sort of stuff. So you, you've left with absolute scraps in your side. So for me, he actually slides up to like my F3, F4, that kind of range for me because that's all I've got up forward left really. I, I, I just can't see him maintaining though. Yeah, I can see a 70 well, average like, and, I, and that's what I'm expecting and that's what I'm yeah. hoping for really. And that's yeah. serviceable for him. Um, another player that's kind of been forgotten is um, Jeremy Sharp. So, he it just seemed like Gold Coast played every player on the wing last year except for him. And at the start of the year, we thought he might even be like, you know, a breakout contender. Um, I think he'd already played too many games for the Rising Star. But, like, if he was in that kind of category, I, thought I, would have, I was putting him that kind of carry with younger players. But he only had an average of 41 by the end of the season. Could barely get into the side. Do you see anything changing for him this year? I'd I'd be shocked if he was at the Suns. Yeah, in, in 2024. I mean, he, he'll probably play VFL pretty well. He'll probably look from the outside like he should be in the team. Uh, I, I'd be surprised. I'm not sure his defensive work rate yep. is is correct. And I think everyone sort of looks at Jeremy Sharp with the the um, rose coloured glasses. Like he, he was really benefiting from that system where they were, you know, taking a lot of outside marks. If you look at Caleb Poulter from Collingwood and, yeah. you know, where is he now sort yeah, of doesn't thing. have a team. <laughs> yeah, so I, I kind of expect, you know, I don't think even if he was in the team, those rosy scores are, are really going to happen. I think away. you're right. And, yeah, you, you, you hit the nail on the head with the defensive work. Coaches are looking for that first before they're looking for, your, you know, your outside run, your flashy kicks and all that sort of stuff, your high possession getters. They want the defensive work first. And, uh, yeah, I just don't think he offers that compared to a million other guys that rotate on the wing, like I mentioned. Speaking of guys that rotate on the wing a little bit, let's get in some breakout contenders now and let's just go straight to it. Sam Flanders, all right? Do I, do I need to say anything more? Um, it's kind of like it's, it's really funny the way I see it. So I'm like, I, I just think he's one of those guys who has a, a path to midfield time that is – and, and that's kind of all I'm looking for. Like, he's a great late pick yeah. in your draft. He should be one of the last picks in your draft. <laughs> um, and he's going to go a lot earlier now him. that you've been talking him up so much as preseason. Yeah, that's probably a problem. We really, it was just a fun thing. We just, yeah. It's just kind of snowballed. And uh, 
if you're looking at someone like Ben Ainsworth, Flanders is the exact sort of person who goes past him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, the Flanders um, Flanders was getting a run on the wing by the end of last season. And then by but then when in finals in the VFL, he went back and played like pure inside and absolutely racked him up. So is that the kind of path you see? Because Dossie kind of thinks that the only reason he did that is because Fiorini wasn't playing. So <laughs> I look at the, what Suns have tried to do the last couple of years, right? They're really trying to move the ball fast. That's what they want to do. Yep. And they're trying to actually bring different guys through the midfield. Like, if you look at the first, say, six weeks of the year, in each of the last two years, Dave Swallow's not really featured in the midfield. Yeah. So they're trying to get other guys through, whether it was Fiorini, whether it was Alex Davies. Um, I understand Flanders hasn't particularly had his shot yet, but they're trying to put other guys through there. It just looks like, to me, from the outside... The pennies dropped. He, he was going to be a bit of a slower build than the other guys. He didn't really have the AFL-ready body. Uh, the back end of the year form, amazing. And I look at a guy like Fiorini. He's the guy that should be out of the team if Gold Coast are going to push for finals, probably like a Connor Blakely at Frio. Like, yeah. The young talent goes past these good soldiers. Yeah. So you think Flanders is you, – you've got him tipped for an inside role at some stage. Yeah, I, th- I think he can sort of get into that 40% CBA area, yeah. which I understand isn't massive, but that's good enough to get you, if you play well, I- into that 80 average area. Yeah. My my just thinking is who do they take out of their midfield for him? Like, I know you said they like to rotate a lot through, but I don't know. Well, they brought in Jed Anderson. Does Jed Anderson play, for example? You, they, you think Anderson stays on the inside. You think Rouse stays on the inside. Like, Took Miller obviously in there as well. It's I don't know. It kind of feels like they're settled in that midfield rotation. Yeah, that, that, and that's fine. You can still have your big three, and then if he's the fourth or fifth peg, like those guys still get forty percent. Yeah, I don't know. And I just kind of see him more of like maybe wing for another year. You know what I mean? Because he well, he could play as that forward who pushes up. Yeah, um, he could play outside. He probably. It's it's not like I'm sitting here going, man, he's going to come in <laughs> yeah, and get you. pump out nine. It's you. just more of a – it's a fun thing. Yep. Uh, I think he's a good chance. Obviously, he's a Suns player. Yeah. We're backing it in. There's something there. There's something there that you like. But I'm not, I'm not picking him in the eighth round. <laughs> let's, let's, let's be realistic. <laughs> right. so, Cam has him ranked higher than me. Okay. Well, that's that's your so, effect, though. That's that's you pumping him up so much. That's the issue. They've got to stop listening to me. <laughs> uh, other breakout contenders, um, I guess we've had this guy in there for yeah, two years now, um, Matt Rao. So, has the inside game down pat. No, no issue with that, but pretty much no outside game whatsoever. Averaged basically zero marks last year. Can he add that outside game and push up to be a decent scorer? What What are your thoughts? Uh, I think he can, but again, it's probably you look at these inside types who are playing purely inside. It really doesn't get much better than you know. Yeah, a hundred's really a, a spectacular year. Yeah, it um, is. Especially right. like if you contested possession, his contested possession rates like sixty seven percent. Yeah. And, and you look at the guys all the way back till you start getting into like the real superstars of the game and they're at around that 53 and it's just then they're not AFL fantasy stars yeah. is what I'm saying. They're not the Jack McRae. Yeah. So if he came out and averaged 90, I think that would be a really good year. Yeah, and I'd take that from him, like to be honest, because yeah. 
considering I think he went under under 80 last year, I think was in the 70s. I really should have written these down for this episode. But um, the thing is what I like about him is it's just not going to take much for him to actually, you know, get to that 80 to 90 mark. I don't think like all he has to do is take, you know, two or three marks a game, um, you know, receive a few more kicks on the outside. And that could come with fitness or whatever, just being able to push into the space a bit more or whatever. Um, another year, another preseason under the belt type thing. I think 90 is realistic and that's what he should be scoring. And if he can get there, you know, I'd be happy as an owner for sure. Do you reckon that's fair? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we'll move on to one more player. So, Will Powell, um, another guy we always talk about, a perennial breakout um, contender. Injury hurt him last year. He had that sickening uh, leg injury last year. But, again, he was one of those players that was finally starting to put up some good scores when he got injured. Do you think it will be his year? Because he's a player that shows so much promise. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's a real mystery area, the, the wing halfback area for the Suns. I, I like him. I think he's a good player. He has that defensive side, so I think he'll always be one of the coach's picks, yep. uh, if that makes sense. He can he, – he has shown a pretty good ceiling, um, whether it's his year or not. Like you said, he's coming off a pretty bad yeah. injury. They, they usually take – when you see guys who have come back from those injuries, it usually takes them a full year. Yeah to get back to any sort of prominence. Yeah. They are saying he's like really pushing and he's flying, but I'm like you. I've got my doubts whether he's going to be back to full capacity this year. The thing is like if it does take him another while, it's five or six years since we've kind of we've been watching him and kind of waiting for him to actually come on. I think he's been in the system. I think this is his fifth year now, I reckon. So maybe, maybe fourth. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, not everyone's a star. Yeah, true. <laughs> star fantasy player. Like, you need good defenders. We want them all to be stars, but uh, yeah, you're right. It doesn't always happen. Yeah, and I feel like I'm pouring just. I was like getting ready for the show, and I'm just like, I'm going to pour cold water no, on like, every player here. I like this because it's like a more. I think in the fantasy circles, we overhype things probably too much, or we look at like best case scenario too much, and it kind of does pay to be a realist a bit more of the time. You know, we got to dish out the content, but at the same time, we got to give good advice too. So. I think the way you broke down the way the midfield works in relation to Flanders is what people should be doing is like work backwards yeah. for your breakouts. Like, does it make sense? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, look for teams that have holes in them and things like that where players could legitimately fill them. Ladies and gentlemen, Valentine's Day is almost here and by the grace of Cupid, our friends at Manscaped are coming with the best tools to get your boys downstairs ready for the special occasion. I'd like to propose making February 13th National Shave Your Balls Day. Who's with me? Uh, Get lucky this Valentine's Day and join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use the code Keeper 20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's Keeper 20 for 20% off and free shipping. Um, we'll talk about we'll talk about the stash options next. So the one I've got as a stash options who I think will just take a little bit more time is Elijah Hollands. Um, I only played a handful of games at the back end of last year. I think people are expecting big things. I think in the classic circles, he was a big name last year because he was just so cheap. Everyone wanted him in, um, performed well in the VFL the year prior. Took a while to get going again last year. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on him? Um, do you think he, well, what role do you think he plays? Someone like Elijah Hollands? Oh, I'm pretty sure he's playing, the idea is for him to play wing, yeah. probably with, he'll take a few CBAs, nothing yep. spectacular, yep. probably play off the half forward flank a little bit. Yeah, he was one of those players that I was mentioning earlier, how they rotated like four, like about four guys on the wing at the end of the season. He was part of that rotation um, big time. And yep. it was evident because he lost forward status as well. So he was playing predominantly up on that wing. 
he's, I don't know, he'd be more valuable if he kept that fuller status, but without it, he's probably not one arm as hot on this year. What? What do you, where do you think? Do you think he goes late still or would he even be picked up in single season drafts? Oh, I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah. No, I wouldn't have thought so either. He's more of a keeper league, keeper league option just to stash for maybe two or three years' time, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. And I reckon that's a great idea because you're going to have Brandon Ellis in a few yep. years getting to the end. He's And I still think people were so unfair expecting big things from Holland. He was coming from so far back. Yeah. You know, a good slow burn. That's all good. I reckon. All right, that brings us to the end of my list. Do you have anyone else from Gold Coast you want to talk about? Seeing though you're such a huge fan, um, you should know the list like the back of your hand. <laughs> anyone well, you want to talk about? I think Ben Long's an interesting one. Yeah, very good. Right? Yep. He, he has the forward status. We know what he's going to be. Well, we shouldn't say we know exactly what he's going to be doing. He'll be playing in defense, yeah. whether that's an attacking role, whether that's a defensive role. Um, he certainly has a defensive game. Yep. So well, we we're talking earlier about. I think he's worth a flyer. We we're talking. We we're talking earlier about all those kind of def- like you know Weller struggling to get back, Powell struggling to get back, Butterick's I think missing a fair chunk of the season as well, if not all of it. Like he's someone that feels like they recruited just to kind of fill a hole, if not for a while, or just they saw potential in him. There was one game, I think it was the round twenty three, where he just absolutely got off the chain. Um, I think he was like the sole distributor out of defence for St Kilda and put up a monster yeah. score. So we've seen he's got potential with the right opportunity. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and and when I look at players who I want to pick, they, they really need three roles, right? It's inside mid, outside mid if you've got non-mid status, yep. and, and halfback. Yep. They're the three high-scoring roles, Absolutely. you know, aside from Ruff. Yep, and he feels one of those roles. So if you target those, you're generally going to go okay, aren't you? Yeah, I would have thought so, especially with the forward status as well. Yep. It makes it makes a lot of sense to have a crack late at, at drafts. If it doesn't work out, it was, it's just straight back in. Yep. No, I agree. It's a it's worth a punt, that's for sure. Um, before we get into listener questions, just want to thank some gold members. So thank you to Scott Caulfield, Matt Elliott, Damian Gill, Luke Hiscock, uh, Michael Moriarty, uh, James Rochicelli, Chilioli, Chioli. Sorry if I've stuffed that one up completely. Uh, Mark Littlejohn, uh, Martin Reynolds. Uh, Brendan Minchin and Timmy Scrote. So thank you to those guys. Um, the members get their defender rankings uh, today when this podcast comes out. We rank 100 defenders um, in terms of keeper league preference. What are your thoughts? I know you're doing the Draft Doctor's Draft Kit right now. Would you like to rank 100 defenders? No. <laughs> no man, it, gets, it gets so dark after like the... D fifty. Oh, absolutely. I mean, probably D50. even earlier. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, it's um, it's quite obscure. Some of the rankings, like you know, some people that well, there's three of us that. Oh, sorry, we Kays and I do ours, and then the members have chipped in to do a combined effort, like a like a members voting yeah. form. And um, yeah, like some it. of the disparity after that kind of fifty range is pretty incredible, where people rate them or just people that have missed the top one hundred altogether. Um, yeah, no, it's quite interesting. Yeah, we, so. we ask each other constantly. It's like, can we be like, oh, do you, you don't have, uh, Zach Guthrie? And I'm like, yeah, damn right. <laughs> like, you know, we're just like those little hype players get a little. Yeah. yeah. Well, funnily enough, uh, Cam wrote off, uh, uh, Zach Guthrie on the, uh, podcast on Monday. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> must have. Yeah, see, I'm influencing too much. Exactly. Must have been that conversation. He's just out. All right, but anyway, if you wish to support the podcast, please sign up as a member. Uh, you'll grab those rankings. We'll be doing uh, midfielders, rucks, and forwards over the coming weeks. Um, I've also got another spreadsheet coming out very soon. The Super Coach spreadsheet that I put out last year. 
um, the 2023 version of that. It's about to come out. And uh, there's also the Drafty Analysis Guide and the Breakout Tracker up there too. So support the show if you can and sign up as a member. There's a link in the description. All right, on to some listener questions with Steve. Uh, Gone Fritchen asks, what role do you see Ben Long playing? We just talked about that. We should have deleted that one, but uh, basically halfback, we think we'll come in and play there. Yeah, whether it's a lockdown or or floating role. Yeah, he really could be either. So he's one you really got to track in the uh, in the off season. Uh, another guy that's been mentioned on the show, but only in passing, uh, at Russ two four six eight, familiar name. Uh, does Blakey get any senior games? I said Blakey, Blake Lee. Sorry, on a Blake. Man, I hope not. Yeah. Again, we talked about those holes in defence. He is the kind of guy that could kind of just sit back there and do something, but. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping he's kind of like a break glass in case of emergency for Gold Coast's sake, anyway. Yeah, I mean, if, if I mean, I think I mentioned the the ball uses a weak point. <laughs> it's not gonna, it's not gonna get any better. <laughs> not with him in the side, no. Um, yeah, but I don't know. But watch him because he does have fantasy game if he does play. But I'm just not sure how long he lasts in that side, given the way that they make their selections at the moment. Um, at Toby B. Raman teams, uh, Fiorini and Anderson, uh, Jed Anderson, um, it's a long season. Mature bodies may get a shot at some point. Do you think they'll find a spot? What is your gut feel on Anderson in particular? Why did they pick him up? So I have a uh, – if you look at the way – I think the Gold Coast Suns have got a really strong um, – they've, they've got a game plan, I should say, when they're bringing in players. They've – and this is just my – looking from the outside. I don't know if it's an actual fact or yeah. not, but it looks to me like they've gone really hard. Okay, if we're bringing in players, Northern Territory players, yeah. a lot of Northern Territory players. Yeah. Um, so Jed fits that mould. Also guys who have come from what you might call strong systems. So uh, Brandon Ellis, Chole from Richmond, and uh, Anderson was at least at the Hawks when they were pretty successful. So I um, Rory Atkins, I know that <laughs> probably looks horrible yeah. now, but you know, the Crows are pretty good at the time. So I, I kind of think that's, they've brought in guys who are senior bodies who are actually going to push the young core group yeah. rather than just taking 50 picks to the draft. Like if you look at the last few drafts, drafts, they've really taken one pick. Yeah. Like they're just going one guy in the top 10, we'll move on and, and, I think they've got a really strong game plan about what they're doing. So Jed, to me, is you know what he's going to bring to the table. He's a hard nut, probably a perfect sub. Yeah. There's a lot of talk uh, just because he got delisted from North, but there's I don't want to get too controversial or anything like that, but there's talk that he just didn't want to play under Clarkson as well, and he actually kind of showed himself the door, and it might read as delisted on the team sheet, but he was on the way out. So, like, there's a chance that he's actually just kind of targeted Gold Coast and, you know, tried to get there and they wanted him at the same time. So, you know, a lot of people see him as not best 22, but I think it's one we actually have to monitor to see if there are plans for him in the midfield. Because if there are, um, you know, listed as a forward, I think he was in the top 24s last year. I think he averaged around the 80 mark. So if he can get a game consistently playing that midfield, he's one you've got to be looking at. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he could be better than Flanders. That's for certain. What about uh, Fiorini? Can you see him playing at some stage? Well, give Dossie some hope. Ah, uh, jeez, it'd have to be an injury. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> See those monster scores in the VFL each week, I think. Well, but. well I mean, they were um, I mean, they were happy to ship him off yeah, last year. No one wanted him, I don't think, so, yeah. In yeah. The end. 
Um, we'll move on uh, at Isaac underscore WF. Um, is Lacocious a buy low from the long term? Oh, sorry, for the long term with forward status, or is it just an avoid because it sounds like he's playing forward this year again? What's your thoughts on Lacocious? Where does he end up? Man, I'm not. I'm not a big Lacocious truther. Okay, for yeah, neither am I. Uh, the if he's going to be good at fantasy, Gold Coast are playing well. Ben Ainsworth losing some marks. I I I think it's really strange what they're doing with their forward line. I got no idea because, and I'll tell you why. He might be a great buy option because they're going to have to send someone back at some point, yeah. or Ben King's leaving in two years because they're about to get Jed Walter at the end of the year, who's like the second coming of you know Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can't have all these guys playing in the forward line, especially when you consider someone like Joel Jeffrey, who looks awesome. Yeah. He's, he's like, what, 6'4 as yeah. well? And you got, um, so, you know, uh, Ben King coming back this season. Ben, Is anyone else who's out this ben season? King's, ben King's in this, in this year. year yeah. he's, he's, he signed up through 2024. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got Chol, who's their chop out right. Yep. You got Lucas. Yeah, there's a lot of tall options up there. And they're going to have Walter. Like, I don't understand. And 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 you got Jeffrey, who's who's tall as well. Yeah, like it's. And the other thing is as oh. well, I guess as well. So, being an Adelaide boy, uh, there's a few lacocious connections down this way. Heard from a friend of a friend. He's put on a lot of size this preseason. So whether yeah. that means they're trying to turn him into one of those you know big gorillas in the forward line and kind of use him as a key target. Um, I don't know if that's you know I don't know if that's true. That's just what I've heard. But um, if that's the case, they might be looking to using forward. That's all. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're clearly going to play him forward. Yeah. So I think um, it just everyone saw I, like him go on the wing in his second year, and then uh, sorry, halfback flank, and then the wing, and people are just expecting that to last forever. But I think sometimes with these key tools, and I've been saying this for years, they stick him back there just to get the footy in their hands, learn to read the play, learn how the ball comes into forward lines and stuff like that. Then go back and do your thing when your body's developed. I think Lakosha's could be one of those types. He might be a good stash because I mean he was battling the PCLs last year. Yeah, um, first year playing forward, so um, who knows? Yeah. yeah, he might be a stash, but it's not 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 my. Yeah, taste. I'm not going after him either. Um, at Janitor's time, uh, Connor Butterick got a future as an 80 plus defender. Perennially injured, injured all the time. I think he's out for a lot of this season with the the knee again. Um, I think the underage fantasy scoring for Butterick is why everyone's hooked on him. And he does look like he's a good user when he's got it, um, even though he's a little fella. I don't know. I can't see it. What do you think about Butterick? Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to see it. Yeah. We need to see him play some consistent footy. That's the thing. That'll give us a better idea, but it just doesn't seem to come. And the last one is from Daniel Aitken. Uh, Mac Andrew, is he worth stashing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. If you can afford it. Yeah. Well, see, in our league, we play rookie lists. So, like, you can take a guy at the absolute dregs of the draft and keep him for two years instead of the one. Um, but they have to be taken, like, with one of your very last picks. As a ruck forward, like, if he can end up in the ruck and actually, you know, he's got the athletic ability to actually kind of get around the ground and get some touches and stuff like that. If he can end up as a ruckman, then I'm all about him. But it just depends whether he's going to end up as one of those key position players that are a bit more dour. I don't really know. haven't seen enough of Mac Andrew. Well, yeah, they're playing him in defence, yeah. um, and he'll take a few intercept marks probably. Yeah. And he, you know, he's probably more of a super coach. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Thought. Yeah, um, but you know, Wits is eventually going to retire. Yeah, if he ends up in the um, ruck, I'm all about it. That's why I think maybe a stash, um, but very yeah, late. But, I mean, you you're going to have to be patient because he's going to take a while to put on the Absolutely. size. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I reckon around the 
24 age mark is when rucks tend to come good. So be waiting a little while. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's a wrap. Uh, do you want to give any, anything a plug? Do you want to talk about a, a certain uh, document that you've got coming out soon? Yeah. So the draft kit, the draft doctor's draft kit uh, will be out on Wednesday. Oh, well, that's the day this uh, podcast sure. comes out. So perfect. Well, if it's not out, blame Cam. <laughs> Get into his mentions. That's at Potato Bake. Uh, give him all the grief. Wednesday night might be your best. Day. All right. Well, I look forward uh, to that. I buy a copy every year. Um, it helps me with my uh, single season drafts. It also just give, gets your insight on a few players I'm looking at as well. Like, it's just good to know what you guys think as well. Plus, there's like so many great, you know, tips and strategies and stuff like that, especially if you haven't played draft a lot in the past. It's probably the best resource out there for like, yeah, newcomers to the game. But also if you just want some kind of insight on the few lesser known players as well, I think it's a great resource. So congratulations on that one. Looking forward to reading another one. And uh, yeah. Oh, thanks, yeah, mate. Just um, put, print it out, put it in the dunny and <laughs> away we go. Yeah, through it over summer. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a wrap. Uh, get around us uh, at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok. Uh, also support the sponsors uh, get around manscape uh, manscape.com use keeper 20 get free shipping and 20% off and also if you wish to support the podcast please sign up as a member the links in the description below thanks again Steve we'll talk to you soon thanks mate see ya